Welcome to the Geek Geek Podcast, where BJ hates technical difficulties. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Bij. All I have are technical difficulties. You're back, though. Welcome back. I am back. Hey, yay, I'm back. Yay. It feels, it feels like good. it's been a while. Not for the listeners, it, but for me, it's been a few weeks here. Yeah, it's been quite a while, actually, for both of us. Just It was hard to get back into the mind, not necessarily mindset, but the physical going through the motions of setting up and uh, that today was podcast day. How do I podcast, basically? Yeah. I know, yeah. It was like, I think, what is it, three weeks? off right here for for me it's uh yeah it was crazy. weird but i wanted yeah, to talk weird. about what you've been doing while you've been away so we're going to talk about some overseas travel today because that's what you did yeah yeah i went to spain i was really well i went to catalonia i went to uh to to barcelona it was absolutely fantastic so what i mean like what did you do what was the structure of the trip like is there something that stands out that you want to start with i don't have a structure well, outside of i want to know how spain was Okay, so we this was a company retreat that whenever I signed up for my job, whenever we were talking about everything, part of the 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 selling of it, the package was that every year they do a big company retreat and just invite everybody and pay for them to stay and fly out wherever. And the first time they did it in Berlin, the second was I think San Francisco, and uh, this year it turns out that it was Barcelona. So I had been really excited. About about this obviously a free overseas trip uh and so when my mom got sick in april i basically convinced myself that i didn't want to go so i was out I, I was like i can't leave my mom while she's sick be that far away when they're basically saying she could uh, pass at any time so i'm like i'm just setting my heart on this it's like i'm i'm not going to go to this i'm just going to wait and see what happens but i know i'm not um when she passed away in about six weeks after that it was like oh man i'm going to spain and i couldn't get my head wrapped around it so it was it was really hard for me and i was actually kind of dreading the trip because i was so exhausted and so tired of just life at that point and so we get there I fly out and I'm really lucky that I have some uh, on the flights that I get that I have some leg room on some of them I was able to adjust my seat around to get not the the smallest uh, most compact area and very nice first time I've ever been on a plane that goes overseas my first time overseas so it was one of the huge planes that has actually has a first class and so we were watching movies and they had the movies in the screen uh, in front of me and I was gonna watch Solo it was the day that Solo came out on digital I was gonna watch it but I just couldn't get myself into that mood I'd already watched some Rebels that day and I watched A Quiet Place and even on a packed airplane with headphones in on like a nine inch screen A Quiet Place is terrifying <laughs> that okay. I was I was all in like watching this like they had just dimmed the lights when I got maybe a quarter of the way into the movie and there were parts where I know that the guy beside me was uh, irritated because I would just jump and uh, I was just, I mean I was all in that that I am I was really invested in this so so very good movie by the way if y'all haven't seen it um very very good and it even works when you're uh, when you're not in a theater well I so, just thought it was interesting that like have you ever been out of the country before? No, no. This is the first time I've left. I've never even been to uh, Mexico or Canada. That's what I was going to say. I feel like everybody at least makes it to like, you know, Canada or Mexico, like drunk mm -mm. on a bet or something. <laughs> like, well, uh, but maybe that's yeah. just because 
I don't know. I mean, I guess I visited like the American Southwest a lot when I was younger. So Mexico is easy to go to when you're down there. And then also I live in a state that borders on Canada. So it's never seemed far away. Um, Not that I've gone to Canada a ton, but I have been to Canada. I have been to Mexico. And then I've also done I did one trip to Europe and I'd love to do more in the future. But like travel like that is kind of on hold until my kids are old enough to be self-sufficient and we can travel without them. So it's still a ways away for us. And that was actually one of the reasons we've decided not to have kids is because we like where we are in life right now. Um, And not saying that we don't if we had kids, it would be like, oh, no kids. But it was like we want to travel. And this trip actually solidified for me that feeling of just how much I loved this of going over. And uh, for me, going like Canada and Mexico, I've never been near either of them even when i've gone to to texas i mean it makes sense it's just like uh i don't know i guess i traveled a lot when i was younger like every summer so that i've like i've been to all of the states except for alaska and hawaii and most people haven't but like i just kind of take it for granted that like my parents took us around the country and then after that like i traveled enough in college and then for like my first full-time job when i was doing video because you travel for that kind of thing um that, yeah, I've been to every state except for Alaska and Hawaii, but I'll add them at some point in the future once we can travel further again. And then, yeah, I mean, Canada and Mexico, like, I never made them into big trips. I was never someone who, like, went to Cancun every year. Like, I know right. those type of people, and that was never me. But, like, you know, we crossed the border because we were down there anyway. And it's like, oh, yeah, let's go to Mexico and see what's what's going on, I guess, was yep. the general feeling. So, yeah, just the fact that, like, you hadn't left the country was surprising to me. And I was supposed to travel to Germany when I was in college. I had my passport, had the ticket, had everything booked, and just a whole lot of stuff happened that uh, that made it where I couldn't go. And so it made me really, really sad because I was supposed to spend about three months uh, in a German program learning German. And so when I didn't get to go there, it really disappointed me. But, like, Mexico and Canada, I've, I've never been north like the i think maybe the furthest north i've ever gone is uh like indianapolis and i mean it's just something that i've I've just not had any reason to and just haven't had the opportunity to go and when i've gone to like texas or new mexico or anywhere that would border mexico i've always been in the northern or mid-northern part where it was around like an eight hour drive to the border or something it's like nah that's that and I'm good. So that that's just never been part of it. And my family traveled around the southeast of the United States a lot. Like I've been everywhere. Like, you know, if it takes 15 hours to drive, that's fine. We'll drive there. It's just always been in this particular geographic region. And uh, so when I got to Spain, I was immediately taken by the signs that weren't in English first. Like, it really struck me that I didn't realize, like, I took it for granted that English was everywhere. And English was on the signs, but it wasn't the first one. And I was just like, huh, that's neat. I'm so American. And uh, it just really hit me like that. And uh, I, I had a such, it, I mean, it was such a good time meeting everybody. My team is very diverse. We have... Uh, we have people from all over the world, and so just getting all of these these cultures in one place and everybody laughing, there was no drama. Like, nobody nobody fought. There was nothing going on like that. It was just everybody having a good time and enjoying, enjoying the trip. Even when we were working, we were laughing. So... 
I didn't know a whole lot about Spain and Barcelona before I went. And I actually had done like the minimal amount of research that I could because, like I said, I convinced myself I didn't want to go. So I didn't really prep myself for this trip very much. And when I got there, I was just kind of looking. I had like five hours to kill in the airport before I waited on a couple of people to arrive because I couldn't get into the Airbnb. And I just look stuff up about Barcelona. And it turns out that there is a huge push against tourism in Barcelona. Did you know that? (laughs) No, but that's not exactly what you want to hear right when you're about to be a tourist there. No, it's not. Like one of the pictures that I actually took, and it was very, uh, very uh, self, I don't say it was self-indulgent, but it was very, you can tell me the word because I can't remember it. I took a picture of of graffiti on a map of Barcelona that was stenciled on that said stop mass tourism. Wow. And, uh, okay. It was and I just and so I took my 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 nice Android phone and uh, zoomed in and got the live focus thing with the blurred background and uh, just went all in on it. It's very meta. But it, meta. Yeah, that for some reason I just could not think of the the word meta, but it uh I felt bad about being a tourist there. Like because of this, I knew that it was like gentrifying a lot of Barcelona. It was raising rent and leases. It was changing some neighborhoods from residential like people neighborhoods, local neighborhoods into more touristy areas with actual souvenir shops popping up. There was just a, there's just a whole lot going on there and the residents are it's making traffic just just get terrible and the traffic is terrible anyway. I would never drive there. I would only use public transport if I was there. And it uh everything about it like it's really impacting the quality of life in Barcelona. And so while I was there, I w- while I was reading all of this, it made I saw also that that it's in Catalonia. It's a it is a an, a, a sovereign area of Spain. It is basically its own country, but but contained within Spain, and it uh, kind of like Wales. Wales is so they want independence. The Catalonians want independence, but Spain won't let them have it. So there are all of these political protests everywhere. Okay, yeah, because- no. As you're saying this, no, I I have read some stuff about this. I just. I don't know. I didn't retain it when you mentioned it the first time. But yes, this does sound familiar. Yeah, and it, it's crazy. And it's everywhere. I mean, there are there are flags like Catalonian flags on people's balconies. And they're like and there are free political prisoners, um, pre-political exiles signs in Catalan all over the place. And that's the thing. The main language of Barcelona is not Spanish. And I thought it was. It's not. It's Catalan, which isn't necessarily even a Spanish derivative. It's uh, it's more akin to French than it is uh, than it is Spanish. They they share French, Spanish, and kind of a vulgar Latin is what I read. Uh, almost Portuguese. This kind of kind of the strange so uh, mix it's like of a languages. Language somewhere in between. It's very much a Romance language. Yeah. Okay. And uh, as people are speaking this, like a lot of the words are so different that the some of the articles I was reading to prep for this while I sat in the airport was like greet people because of this uh, this kind of disdain toward tourism. Try to greet people in Catalan. Try to uh, say thank you in Catalan as opposed to English or even Spanish. Uh, And, you know, that kind of thing can go a long way to, you know, ease that kind of distaste for people just coming in and not having any regard for where they are. And it was absolutely true that people visibly loosened up when I would walk into a shop or uh, or they were talking to me that they would just see this uh 
this pudgy white dude walk in and uh, they would just kind of look and go, hola. And I was like, bon dia. And they're like, oh, it's like this guy is actually trying. And uh, when I said that I was there for work, somebody actually loosened up a little bit while we were talking because of uh, that I wasn't just there spending a week in Barcelona on, you know, just partying the whole time that I was there for a reason. It was uh, it was just really interesting how I want. Well, they did talk about the nationalism that was going on there because they're very proud, want to be their own uh, independent nation. And it's just there's a lot there. And I found uh, because of all this like it's super interesting to me and we went and we saw the uh where we saw an actual camped out protest where when we were walking around one of the squares and uh, they i can't remember the name of the plaza but it's where the city hall and the capitol building of catalonia are and they're across from each other across the square and there is a basically a tent city there where people are protesting this and it's uh it was just crazy going into that like they were having rallies and protests and like it was really surreal to be in a place that you look and it's like wow this is actual civil unrest this is not just something that happens on tv or that you see on the news it was like those people over there there was a bombing here last year like right here because of people doing this exact thing it was uh sobering and surreal in a lot of ways wow yeah so you didn't know that you were about to step into a political situation i didn't and uh if you guys are interested in that at all i actually found a couple of days ago that was just added to netflix a documentary called two catalonias and it's about this it's a 2018 documentary so it just came out uh, about the current political situation in catalonia and spain and i am it's about two hours long and i haven't watched it yet because i'm waiting to watch it with jennifer because i wanted her to be able to see uh you know the kind of stuff that i was seeing while i was there and talking with people about this and uh, it was just really really interesting to to really even though i was there for a week i feel like because of uh taking the time to talk with people about this stuff and actually the the talking with locals who live there and cared about it i felt really invested in in what was going on like i have no say or anything like that but it's like i feel for them you know i empathize there uh, where it's like oh man that living in this would be really hard so but i'm assuming you also did all the touristy things right we did do some we okay. went to uh we went to the place called uh sagrada familia la sagrada familia it's a gigantic cathedral uh by the artist Gaudí. i'm not sure if uh, anybody's familiar with him like i should be i feel like i should be but I, i'm not uh i wasn't he, he was hired when he was 31 years old to basically build this this super grand cathedral and he died by he got hit by a tram before it was finished and uh he they're still building it 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 will be finished he started it in 1926 and they're planning on it being finished in 2026 that they're still under construction following his designs today and it's like the biggest tourist attraction in barcelona it's uh it's pretty neat um it wouldn't be the place that i would go if I have one day in Barcelona and the and that's what I chose to do, like I would have regretted it. But it was neat going there that they had planned that for us. Uh, but it was ultra crowded, super touristy place. But it was beautiful. Like I understand why it's why it is important and why people are interested in that. 
Yeah, no, like some of my favorite parts when we went to Europe were the days where we didn't do touristy things, where we would mm-hmm. just kind of like went off the beaten path a little bit. Because the more, I don't know, the more like local you can find yeah. things, the better off it is, especially with like food. Like we learned oh, yeah. that quick. Like don't eat near any tourist tr- attraction. That's just nope. bad food. And it's just there to like get your money and get you in and out quick. That's not the point. Yep. Like, so any other local place just off the street as long as you're away from like tourist destinations is always good especially we found especially in italy when we were in rome that was amazing oh i bet like uh and we're we're looking at going to italy next year so that's one of the things that i'll have to pick your brain about is rome and wherever else we end up going in italy and on things like that so and we're the same way we don't want to end up doing a lot of the touristy things when we go and travel so we will ask locals at wherever they're like where where do you eat like what's your favorite restaurant here like when you go out what do you do and uh we just kind of wandered around we did that this time and the people who ran our airbnb gave us this restaurant and we knew that we were uh in a locals place because the the wait staff didn't speak english and the menus were entirely in uh catalan or spanish one i'm not sure and so we just kind of ordered things and uh mimed what we wanted and 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 like communicated that way where it was uh it was fun and also it made me realize the importance of no having wishing i'd learned a little bit more of the language or a language like i don't know spanish very well uh before going in but it was it was a lot of fun yeah no i found that like if you know especially with the romance languages if you know one of them even decently you can kind of start to wrap your brain around the other ones like you're not going to be proficient but at least you can oh, yeah. understand somewhat when you're speaking like other yeah. romance languages like you still feel like an idiot because you don't know it but at least when yeah. people are talking to you you can kind of like okay i kind of get what they're saying yeah. after a few I, days I there understand the basics of what you're saying to me yes exactly um, and so I, I I really liked that. We I mean we would go to the grocery store, things like that, and it was just a different experience than being in America. And it was we did a paella cooking class where there was a, a chef who ran a couple of restaurants. He did a small walking tour as you went to his uh, paella restaurant where he did this big had this big open kitchen and uh, he had this. It was. It was ridiculous how how big it was, like the paella pan that he had. I'm trying to think, and Jennifer asked me how how big it was across, and I was like, I don't know, maybe maybe two meters. And she's like, you have been there one day, and you're already trying to speak in meters. And uh, it was just like that's, but that's what I was hearing. Like that's all that people would say. I was like, it was probably six feet across. How big this paella pan was to feed all of us, and it was just crazy interesting watching him do this and uh, just trying it out and and seeing someone cook in a paella pan that was six feet long like six feet across it was wacky um that kind of thing was really cool we did a, another walking tour and actually went up to a place called montserrat which is a monastery on the side of a mountain and it's an active monastery it is a font. We were making fun of that because our design team uses that font on a lot of our uh, free layout packs that we give away. And so when they said that, it was like, oh, it's a font. And so because we're nerds, we kept making jokes about it. 
I would have too. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what you do when you're software company on vacation together. And, uh, like, the place was beautiful. That it was, I mean, it was absolutely just stunning being up on top of this mountain. It was a beautiful, like, cloudless day. And it was, like I said, it was an active monastery. So there were monks there, but I didn't ever see any of the monks. But... I realized how just because of where I live in the in the country that there's not a very big Catholic population here that it's all mostly Protestant in the American South and so I'd never seen nuns in full garb like n- with the whole wimple and habit and everything with the rosaries on the side had never seen that in person until I went to this monastery and it really took me aback because it looked like from like um, props from a movie, and it was it was just strange because I'd never seen that in person. It was something I'd only ever experienced from somewhere else because of the geographic uh, the geographic region where I live. Yeah, I never really thought about it. It's like everybody's, and I've talked to nuns. That was the thing. I've known nuns and had had conversations with sisters before, but they were always in plain clothes. It was never in the uh, in that uniform that you see that's almost become a stereotype uh, in movies and TV. It was it was it was interesting. They uh, they are big on pickpocketing in uh in barcelona that everyone warns you about pickpockets that apparently since the the ah, it's not insurrection that's not it since the independence vote happened and i don't know the exact politics behind it but apparently there's no mayor of barcelona right now that there's been a lot of stuff going on so there's no one to actually execute these laws and pass things and get get referendums going and legislate for real and they were telling us that since then crime has been going up and one of the main things is pickpocketing that people will take your phone out of your hand or they will they're so good that they will actually cut open your bag grab whatever falls and then run away or they'll have somebody on a vespa or something to grab them as uh, as they drive past and it uh they target tourists obviously but we actually got followed by a guy we were 100% certain was staking us out like a pickpocket and it was like a movie we would we saw him looking at us, and he turned away. He was leaning up against a lamppost. Uh, my coworker uh, Donieta did uh, uh, notice, told me, and then we uh, looked like, yeah, that guy's that guy's about to pickpocket us. And we went on further down, and we looked behind us, and you know. 40 feet behind us, he's coming just walking along. So we're like, okay, let's see if he stays that distance. When we stopped, he sat down. And this happened two or three times, and it was just really weird. And then everyone started staring at him and just being like, yeah, dude, we see you. You're not going to pick our pockets. And he ended up stopping. Uh, But it was just like, it was really creepy being followed by someone you knew wanted, who saw you as a target. And that is my straight white male coming out right there. It, it it was very disconcerting, and uh, we were all—I mean, all, all of us were uncomfortable because, like, that dude is wanting to steal our stuff and following us. But it was also one of those experiences where, I, you know, we've said that we d- we're not suited to talking about certain topics, and that was the because of that. And like being a white dude, like I am, it's just like I take that for granted that I walk anywhere and I feel 
pretty much safe. And well, just like traveling in general is really good to just get experiences and other contexts, you know? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I was struck by when I came back from my one trip to Europe, even though it was only a couple of weeks, was the space that we have here. That like yeah. we just take for granted, like that we have space in the U.S. Like there's we're mostly empty space, and it was one of yes. those things like flying back over the country. Like you know, once we got back to the country and we transferred, and then we flew back to Minnesota, it was like there was just so much space between cities and between things. And like, I mean, if you've traveled across the country at all, if you've flown across the country, like you see all the farmland, and you you know, if you live in any city that's not like a basically if it's not like la or new york yeah like you're not that far from farmland and you know it because you can just drive in a particular direction from yourself and get there pretty quick you know um and like suburbs butt up right to farmland here and like i live you know i live a couple minutes away from like the downtown of my suburb and i also live like two minutes away from just farmland and that's very normal in the u.s but like once you go to europe there's just like no space in that same Mm-mm. way like it's just no. crowded and it's it's one of those things where it's not bad that it's crowded it's just that it's different and it's one of those things where until you spend some time there you can't really get your head around it which is why i pulled that out as an example of just to like it's good to go other places to get other experiences and see other ways of living. Yeah, and that's really what this was for me. On top of being in a new place, we had people from, we had probably, it was probably two dozen of us. We have about 80 people on staff right now, and we were able to get about two dozen of us together and actually scheduled all at one time to get as a group here. And that was one of the most intriguing parts is being in a foreign country with this many people from other nations getting together and it was it was incredibly wonderful learning about everybody and learning about Romania and Bulgaria and just and Russia uh it, there Yuri one of my co-workers on the uh, development team is uh Russian and it was really funny because he came in with two bottles of vodka that uh he uh he had came off the airplane and uh, it was really funny because he was like I brought vodka and it was like it was funny because he said vodka and I was like, okay, that it, it was just weird because again, we don't have a lot of Russian immigrants here where I live, and uh, just talking to him about Russia, just everything that was going on in the world right now, and just learning about everything was was so cool for us all to have gathered and done that. Um, like you were saying about the about the land that we take for granted in this space. Uh, my coworker Mac, uh, he he's one of them who does all of the videos. So if you ever watch any of uh, the Divi videos and you see, uh, uh, and there's a British guy doing it, that's Mac, and uh, he lives in Birmingham, Birmingham, and uh, he he was telling me that he loves steak, he loves meat, he wants beef, and Britain's beef is apparently terrible. I was unaware of this. And uh, he said that it is very hard to get a good steak in Britain, that uh, everything has to come in frozen. They don't really have a lot of farmland to be able to raise livestock, uh, that that you don't really see cows in uh, in the United Kingdom. And that it's, you know, in Wales and Ireland and you'll go places that that have agrarian 
cultures more, but they don't still have that same kind that we have here in the United States. And so we were going around looking for him some beef and because he really wanted some beef. And we were just talking and I realized how much I took that for granted because like I told him that my father-in-law has a guy who lives down the road from him who he buys half a cow from sometimes that he will just go talk to this guy buy half a cow get it and put it in his freezer for and get the meat and put it in the freezer for the rest of that year that he does it for pigs and things like that just because we know the people that are you know are down the road from us who are farmers and that is something that just does not happen like he was blown away by being able to get like you know who raised this livestock what they fed where they ate what they ate and what they was what was done to them and apparently you can't get that in britain very easily and uh just seeing cows was he was talking about i was like i grew up with cow field literally 15 feet from my back door and i was like we there would be a cow in our yard sometimes that to be like, all right we got to call reisner his uh his cows are in the yard again the fence broke and stuff like that where when i see people stop the cars to take picture of cows uh people i know are like oh cows and they take pictures i'm like yeah it's a cow but i don't think about that you know it's uh it really is because of where i live it's like people i lived in amish country i grew up in amish country where I don't think anything about people riding horses and buggies and not having electricity. I bought an Amish casket for my mom that was made by hand and it went up, got it. Although I did take for granted, ask him if he took cards and he just laughed at me. And, uh, it, uh, and I just, uh, that kind of thing I take for granted, but people go there for tourism just to see this. And they're like, that's so weird. I'm like, I had Amish neighbors. I was like, I just learned not to, to make sure I didn't hit them when I was learning to drive. It was like, that's stuff so ordinary that this trip really opened my eyes and, and really made me realize the, the number of things I take for granted on a daily basis. Yeah. It's interesting too, just to like get more context. I feel like, um, I haven't traveled as much in the last like 10 ish years, more like the last eight years, like basically since having kids because kids. Um, But before that, the more I traveled, the more I really determined that like I like Minnesota as my home. And like this is the place where I wanted to raise a family that I kept wanting to come back to. And I like a lot of other cities. I like a lot of other places in the country, in the world. But like this is home and the more that i was able to go other places and experience them the more i was able to actually articulate what i liked about where i grew up and i know people who have had the opposite experience the more they travel the more they're like i never want to go back to the place that i grew up and so it's just interesting that like i had the opposite reaction to that but it felt like over time as i traveled more it felt more like um a thoughtful decision that my wife and i made um, instead of something that it was just like, this is where we grew up, this is where we're going to be because we are here, you know? Yeah. Which there was definitely a part of my life where I felt that, where I had opportunities yeah. to like, you know, especially doing video. Like I could have gone to New York or LA and I knew people, I knew places to go, I knew ways to like get into either the film industry or the TV industry and I had contacts and I really thought about it at a couple different points and like I could have done it but I'm glad that I had the opportunity to travel to those places and experience them without having to make that kind of commitment because the more I did, the more I was like, I'm not a fan of LA, I really like New York for visiting but I don't want to live there and like after I had been to both of them enough times to determine that, it was it was super nice to just like kind of 
it's that fear of missing out, right? Like that fear yep. of like, did I make a bad life decision? And I don't have that about where I live anymore. And that was something that I think with this one, um, I feel the same way is that I want to live somewhere different than where I do, but it's not something where I know where I want to be though. It's I've not found that place where just like feel this feels like home because I grew up here, but I know that that could be just about anywhere, but I know it's not Barcelona. I don't want to live there. I didn't want to leave, but I don't want to live there. I've never like wanted to just up and go. You know, so many people are like, "Oh, I have to get out of here." And it's like I don't have that and I'm glad that I went there and I like I said I didn't want to leave but I know I don't want to live that place but I feel like I could live somewhere else and uh even though going made me realize it's like I don't know if you'd fit in anywhere else you are very southern very Alabamian that's one of those interesting things too is the more you travel the more you run into places where it's like nope I would definitely never want to live here and then there are other places where you go I actually fit in here like this would be fine so like I've learned that if I were going to move from where I am right now um I think I would be good in England because like I actually fit in there really well and it was fine and I liked it yeah like my temperament worked with England when I visited there and then the other place that I felt like I fit in immediately and I was like oh I could definitely see making this a home was Seattle like the Pacific Northwest um it's not the same as the Midwest but it's close enough in like demeanor and political leanings and not exactly the same temperament or uh not temperament but like a climate wise but close enough you know so there were a lot of things that when i visited seattle i was like oh yeah i could see making this work so you know the more i travel the more it's like okay you kind of pick out places where it's like i kind of fit in here in interesting ways right and that's what i felt in portland it's like if this weren't so expensive I could live here. That if the cost of living weren't so ridiculously high, I could definitely live in Portland, Oregon. Uh, so maybe outside, uh, somewhere different in Oregon, because I felt the same way you did. We didn't make it to Seattle or Washington, but I mean, the Pacific Northwest there, the culture fit was us. And so it it really, really appealed to me that way as well. Yeah, no, I could totally see that for you. That's interesting. Um, anything else about Spain that you wanted to highlight? Well, two things. The okay. first of all, like I rode the subway for the very first time. That okay. I know, that, like everybody was making fun of me for this, but it's like I've never been to a city that actually had a metro. That uh, all the cities around where I live aren't like that. Met- like aren't that large and sprawling of a metropolis where it's buses and things that go around, but not there's not a subway system. So uh, in in Barcelona, there is a very, very good metro system. It is quick at su- at rush hour. We were there during rush hour, and there were two and a half minute waits between every train. It yeah, was man. Most crazy. of Europe is that way. Most of Europe like, is really, really good. Like, if the, you go to Europe and see public transit, and then you come back home, it's like, what are we even doing? Yeah, I know. I'm like, I don't want to drive my car. I want to go to the metro. And uh, it's uh, it, it was great. And it took me about two days to really get used to because I'd never really used public transportation more than just a handful of times in my life because of where I live. And it's a, and where I live in America is like so sprawling that a lot of the time there's not public transportation to go anywhere except just across town somewhere. So we, uh, I took it and I learned how to ride the lines. I learned how to, uh, to read and get everywhere. So the day that I took wandering by myself, I was fine. 
I got lost, but it was because I was following signs that I thought was pointing to the metro. Turns out that the metro and the bus station use the same icon, except for apparently, and I didn't know it, that the actual signs say metro above the ones for metro. Um, <laughs> I, di- I didn't know it because on all the maps and everything, they just have the same picture. They didn't say metro above it, So, uh, but street signs do apparently. And so I just had fun wandering around like that. I was supposed to go on a Game of Thrones tour because uh, Girona is a town about an hour outside of Barcelona, and that's where they, uh, they film King's Landing and they film Bravos there. And so there are all of these places. They signed up for a, for a Game of Thrones tour. I was going to go with them, and I was really excited about this. But when I looked at the timing, I paid for it. I was really, really all in on going. But when I looked at the timing and I looked at when we would get back, I realized I wasn't going to have a day or really any time at all for myself. And I'm really big into when I travel, I just want a day to do whatever I want to do. Especially if I'm in a city, I want to just wander around. I want to go somewhere on foot and just take whatever turn I feel like taking. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I had done the Game of Thrones tour. So as much as I felt bad about bailing on my friends, and and Jennifer told me she was like, "Don't get the fear of missing out. You know, you're if you paid for it, that's fine. Just go have fun, do whatever you want to do." And so I listened to her. I didn't go, and I ended up just wandering around Barcelona. I just hopped on the metro and rode around, went to a place I knew where I was, and then just wandered, to taking, like I said, any turn that looked right. And I just had a blast. I walked about nine miles uh, over the course of the day, and... It was it was just great going in shopping, getting gifts, just everything that I could I could think of that way. And uh, during this time, I'm really glad I did because on our itinerary, uh, Mitch, my HR guy, he put. Um, Thursday was like have your own adventure, just do whatever you want, and so I. As I was walking down the street, I looked uh, looked to the side, and there, there are streets like you see in the Bourne Ultimatum, the Bourne Supremacy, all of this, where they, they really are one-way cobblestone streets that have one lane, and you're basically driving through people at this point. Like, it was really unnerving at first, and then it's just like, yeah, there's a car back there. I'm just going to get over now. And uh, things you can get used to really quickly. And so I'm on one of those streets, and I look over, and there's a parking lot off to the side, like where it, it kind of... Uh, Uh, bevels outward and there is this truck and there are these trucks in Barcelona. They probably in the they're probably in the other parts of Europe as well. That are that are about the size of smart cars. That are a single person smart car sized U-Haul truck that are used to like transport goods in short for short distances around towns. Like not like a Gator, not like one of those uh, like field machines like one of, i don't even know what those are called uh, I, we just call them gators um those kinds of small diesel or electric carts this was a full-on roadworthy truck it's just like a smart car but with a u-haul thing on the back of it you know and it backs up and i i look at it, i'm like oh that thing looks funny and it backs up it it goes around and all of a sudden i just hear a crash and the truck had flipped And I just kind of look back and I'm like, oh my God. And so like me and like three other people just like run this truck. The dude is stuck inside and can't get out. So me and these other people have to actually pick up this truck and put it back on its, uh, on its wheels and help the guy out because he was, it was stuck because he had flipped over this little tiny truck. And I'm just like, I did make my own adventure today. It was like, I wouldn't, I would not have experienced that at all if, and it would have been cool to see 
see King's Landing. Don't get me wrong, but that's the kind of thing that I'm always going to remember. Uh, that is like the guy wasn't hurt; he was fine. But it was like I helped pick up a truck and get a dude out of a truck wreck, and it was just it was just interesting. It's like that's the kind of thing I love on trips is just having these one of a kind experiences that you cannot replicate in any other circumstance. Yeah, I always tried to do that too. Like whenever we go somewhere like that, especially when I went to Europe. Um, to just try to take a day that's like unstructured basically yep. and kind of just play it by ear. So I did that, I think everywhere that we went. So when I did my Europe trip, we went to Amsterdam, England, Italy, and Germany. And okay. I think in every one of those, we had some just unstructured time. I always made sure to pick at least one day to just kind of go and do whatever. And that was always, it was always worthwhile basically. Yeah. I've never had a day where I've done that on any trip that it's turned out like, man, I wish I had done so-and-so or I wish we had planned this out. It's like, no, um, I'm so glad that I've taken that time just to do whatever. Even when I travel alone, I do that. If I go for conferences for work, there are days that I will just take, like I go to my sessions and when I'm done, I just go wander around the city on foot. Like I did it in, in Scottsdale, Arizona, Albuquerque, Indianapolis. I just go wander wherever I go by myself yeah it's always fun well i'm glad that the trip went well i just wanted to hear about it because like you said you'd never been overseas before so it's always interesting mm -mm. to get that first impression coming back and now that i've done it it's going to be way easier because i was nervous i mean never leaving the country before is a nerve-wracking thing especially when you have to do it do it leaving and coming back alone where i didn't know anybody or uh, or anything like that but it was now that i've done it it's going to be a lot easier when jennifer and i go to italy and uh, other parts of europe next year that uh, i will have gone through it's like okay i know how this works it's really confusing i've done this and uh, where i really i'm glad about that and uh, like coming back, like there are good airports and there are bad airports. And I do not like O'Hare in Chicago at all. Uh, just the way it's laid out, what it is, is just really, really confusing for me. And I met a uh, a lady who was a college student on uh, at the or, excuse me at the University of Portland, who was an architecture student named Shalfay. So if you listen, hi Shalfay. It's uh, the uh, we helped each other. Like we 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 started talking. We were a lost in the airport and both of us helped read the signs to get us where we needed to go out of from customs and bag check all the way to where get us to our separate gates it was like she and i were like yep this is this is why having a travel buddy is nice because otherwise i may have missed my flight uh if i because i was taking the wrong turns because the signs didn't make as much sense as other airports so cool. it was well, uh you made it was neat. congratulations i did I also learned one thing from Xiaofei because when I saw her, I was like, Ni hao, Xiaofei. And she's like, ah, you, she's like, you know Mandarin? And I'm like, no, no. I, I was like, I know like three words. And when I was like, I don't know how to say bye-bye. Uh, I don't know how to say bye, uh, Xiaofei. And she was like, actually, bye-bye. Uh, and I was like, oh, because it's apparently a, one of the words that's been adopted into Mandarin is B-A-I, B-A-I, like, but that's how they spell it. But it's, uh, it's just bye-bye. And I was like, okay, that one, that one I'm going to remember too. That, uh, so that's how you say goodbye in Chinese is bye-bye. Cool. Um, okay, we should probably dive into uh, Geeky Offer of the Week. But before we do, uh, it's that time of year where you can get, you guys can start sending us questions because sometime around Thanksgiving-ish is usually when we do our question and answer kind of ask us anything episode. So we will start taking those immediately. You can send them to us on Twitter. You probably know our Twitter handles by now. Um, or email or Slack these days or Discord. Really anywhere one of us will grab them and throw them into a document and we'll keep them until we get to that episode. Yep, so, absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell them about Patreon? You always like to. 
I always like talking about Patreon, and this time I'm just going to tell you to go to patreon.com slash geek2geekcast if you want to support the show. It would mean the world to us, and as we've talked about this episode, we love the world, and if it means that to us, then it would mean a lot. So go to patreon.com slash geek2geekcast, see what we've got, and if you like us enough, throw some money at us. (laughs) Um, On the network this week, Geekitude, I don't know what they're doing. It's still a mystery to me, but I always like their episodes. Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, they just had an episode about, uh, they did like a fall TV preview, which is super interesting to listen to because I don't keep up to date with TV at all. So it's always good to like get back in the game. And then it sounds like Rob is kind of working on getting the the crossover podcast thing started, which is probably going to be coming up soon. So we'll have more on that soon. Um, Yep. With that, it's probably time for Weekly Geekery, where we share what we've been geeking out about this week. We'll probably keep it a little shorter and then just make next week extra long because we have a lot to catch up on. But it right. sounds like you've been doing Star Wars stuff. I've been doing Star Wars stuff. Uh, I know I'd mentioned that the last time that actually we did this, but I've finished the Ahsoka novel, and it's brilliant. You're right. It's absolutely one of the best Star Wars novels I've read. It's great. And uh, I'm reading Thrawn right now, and I love it. And I think I like this one maybe better than the other Thrawn novels because you get chapters from Thrawn's perspective and how he actually sees the world, and I didn't know that. And just... Being in this character's head that I've loved for so many years is great. So I'm reading that, and I'm going to read Thrawn Alliances, the the sequel to it next. uh, Once I get through the get through Thrawn, I'm in the middle uh, of that one right now. Actually, do you like it? Uh, it's okay. I'm not far enough in yet. It's about him and Vader, so we'll see what ends up Ah, happening. That'll be really cool. And I'm working on Rebels season three uh, right now. I ended up buying it and wanting to get through it because it's got Thrawn in it, and I've because of Ahsoka and Thrawn, really, I wanted to to get back into it. So we'll see how it all ties together. But it's interesting right now to see how he becomes Grand Admiral and gets to the point where he's at in Rebels. And uh, so that's neat. I've also been playing those mobile games that I told you about, like uh, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. Um, really liking it still. Those uh, like arena 5x5 turn-based strategy Games like that are really grabbing me right now. I even went back and played Marvel Strike Force. I downloaded it again and are playing it because I really like those right now. And I've played some of Star Wars Force Arena to the kind of like the MOBA action game. And it's not great. It's better than I remember it being. They've made a lot of improvements on it, but it's still... You have to win to get the prizes. And we've talked about that with Hearthstone. It's like, I want to play to get the prizes because I get really frustrated whenever I'm sitting here playing a game and I'm like, I just need one more win to be able to get this streak or whatever to get this pack of cards. And I'm like, I'm not going to do it. It's like, I'm yeah, done. I hate that and, incentive system too. It just doesn't feel good. Yep. Yeah. You give me, you give me just played games like the other two do strike force and galaxy of heroes. Both have games played. I'm good. I'll, I'll play it. If I lose, I lose. But I was like, I just want this win. I'm, I'm not that competitive and it's not a good system. So I've played it less than the others, but right now in strike force, you can get venom and there's an entire venom story and, and raid and everything that's going through. And so, uh, I like it. It's cool. And apparently the guy that created the symbiotes, y'all comic guys are going to uh, know about this probably, but I didn't. The, the the guy who created the symbiotes apparently has a symbiote dragon, and he's the one who cut off the head of the celestial that became nowhere, uh, like the one in Guardians of the Galaxy. So it's like, it's kind of cool. And I want to see him, and I'm going to have to read up on the comics for that. 
Nice. Cool. Well, I'm glad you're back into Star Wars, especially after what you mentioned a couple weeks ago, that like you found yeah. a way to get yourself back into it after being away for a yeah. while. And I'm excited to play the RPG again, too. We haven't had an opportunity yet, so I'll tell you how it goes whenever we get back in. Oh, yeah. Good. Good. Um, So... I did a ton. I've done a ton while you've been away, and it was a short episode last week, so I talked about it a little bit. Um, the one thing I wanted to bring up again that I did talk about in the mini episode last week was Wolverine the Long Night. Have you yeah. checked it out yet? No, I have not. Okay, I think you would really like it, because it's a fiction ensemble cast, and it's it's it feels like true crime. Like done okay. through like ensemble fiction, basically. The framing is like two federal agents and they're investigating murders in Alaska and like kind of foul play and what's going on with them. And it has that like mystery true crime feel to it. And there's a lot of dramatic irony because we know that Wol- like Logan is Wolverine and the thing is called Wolverine the Long Night. But right. you don't ever well, it's not that you don't ever hear from him, but it's not directly from his point of view. So it's it's a different oh. take on the character. But the more I listen to this one, like, I like it. I think it's pretty good. And if anyone out there is interested, you should probably check it out. Um, but I think you particularly might find this one fascinating. This was the podcast they released, right? This was the podcast. So it was on, like, Stitcher Premium or something, and you had to pay. And um, that was, like, a timed exclusive. So in the last right. week or two, that timed exclusive is finally up. So now it's just Great. a feed that you can grab. That's awesome. I was waiting on that because it was something that I wanted to listen to when it was announced. It was paid, but I didn't care enough to do that right then. It wasn't something that was at the top of my priority list. So now that it's free, I absolutely will. Sweet. Good. Okay. I just needed to tell you because I think you'll have better takes on it than I will, and I want to know what you think about it. So awesome. check it out. Um, And then the other thing, I have tons, so I will cover most of this <laughs> next week. Um, But the other thing I want to talk about because it was kind of like a short game and I really enjoyed it was Donut county have you heard of this or seen it at all no not even a little not until you mentioned it for to me okay so you are a raccoon who controls holes in the ground and that's the premise (laughs) of the game um it has a very katamari damasi vibe to it okay where like you start with a small hole and you like drop stuff into it and every time that you can make something fall into the hole the hole gets a little bit bigger so you start out picking up little things like maybe it's blades of grass or like bugs or something and by the end of the level you're like picking up houses you know um and dropping them down this hole and there's a whole story that has it's kind of that like it's not crazy like katamari damasi but it has that (laughs) vibe to it where it's just kind of like a little bit zany i guess or like a little bit offbeat it's very consistent and it's fun throughout and it only takes a handful of hours to play through i want to say like three maybe somewhere in there okay um And there were, like, some really cool, interesting gimmicks. So, like, if you drop a campfire in, like, you have fire that goes up, and then you can do things where, like, the fire coming out of your hole interacts with the stuff above you. Or Uh. um, there's a level where, like, rockets can fall into the hole, and then you can shoot the rocket up, and it explodes above you. Or you add, like, a catapult at one point that lets you fling objects out of it to interact with the world. So there's a lot of stuff like Hmm. that. Um, But the, the story framing device for it is that there are raccoons in this county and they <laughs> deliver donuts, but donuts in quotes here because the donut is the hole in the ground that they use to suck up everything. So the raccoon that you are playing from for most of the game from his POV or her POV, I guess I don't know. Um, he just wants a quadcopter for selling enough donuts or delivering <laughs> enough donuts. So the whole game is like you are level nine in this app that he uses to control them. And he just wants to get to level 10 because he just wants his quadcopter. And it's like, it's this 
innocent like he doesn't care but he just wants a quadcopter but he's also destroying everybody's livelihood in this like cartoony <laughs> fun gimmicky thing i don't know it just totally worked for me and it's wow. it's not a full price game either i want to say it was like 15 dollars on ps4 i think it's about the same on pc there's a mobile version that's the same game which is like i found out later is only like five dollars so that might be the place to get it instead and i was thinking that this may be a switch game i wasn't sure but this sounds like a switch game it would be a great fit there it's not out there yet but i wouldn't be surprised if it comes out there later um there's a couple other things around it just like the raccoon framing device that i really liked so whenever you beat a level and you complete it it comes up on the screen and it says have a garbage day but it's in like the happiest font with this like happy background music to it it's not like a bad thing it's like have a garbage day and i don't know i love that um and then the other thing is that there's there's a trashopedia so everything that you make fall into a hole during a level ends up in the raccoon's trashopedia and you get to go through it and look at every single item but the item descriptions are written from the raccoon's point of view and it's just it's amazing it's like it's glorious because uh, i i can't even i'm not even gonna try to do it justice it's full of jokes it's just like these things that i was laughing out loud which i almost never do to video games right. reading yeah. through this trashopedia from the raccoon's point of view that's crazy to read stuff like that because it takes a real like you said, it takes a real special thing to make me read stuff. That's a big problem with like Final Fantasy thirteen is I didn't want to read all of the stuff in the menu. But like Spider-Man, not Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man on the PS4, uh, and, and apparently this, or just like, I want to read this stuff. I want to listen. I want to know about this. That's It's... It's weird what which ones grab our attentions. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, that'll probably do it for this week, but I see on your list we have more to talk about. I see on my list we have a ton to talk about, including... A musical that I need to talk about soon. Um, I know I'm amazed that you didn't pick it for this week, but I figure you have long thoughts on it. Self-restraint. Um, you guys can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com, or you can reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussions on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. And don't forget, you can start sending your questions to us for our Q&A episode. And if you don't want to throw your questions on Reddit, you can do it on Slack or Discord as well. Go to discord.geek2geekcast.com or Slack dot geek to geekcast.com to hang out with us and ask us questions and if you want to talk to all of the other members of our podcast network you can find them at geek to geekcast.com i blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at grn mushroom that's green mushroom without the e's on twitter and i'm on twitter as at professor beach that's beach with two e's and i blog at geekfitness.net we've been void and beach with your geek to geek podcast that'll do it for this week see you next week geeks Bye. I forgot how to make sounds. Hi, everyone. I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie. Yes. Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, 
and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek.